everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and of course, that makes this episode 24 of Circles and Squares a lovely day for podcasting. Kate, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? You know what? I'm still recovering from this whole BlizzCon Metallica debacle from yesterday. We'll, we'll talk about it more in the news section later, but for those that don't know, just <laughs> Metallica getting their concert covered up by... By, uh, like I, random lo-fi music man that just killed me yesterday i don't know how do, how do we know that isn't what they were just actually playing <laughs> you know what i guess we can't prove it although you said you were watching the stream like not on yeah Twitch. That, that's true i watched it not on twitch and it was it was fine so this was a surprise for me um <laughs> <laughs> well what a way to um, what a way to start you know i wasn't expecting to any metallica news to come out of blizzcon i wasn't even paying attention to blizzcon when it happened yesterday so i mean yeah, just I wasn't expecting that, but that, this has been great. Um, I guess we're kind of ruining the news section for later, though, Kate. Um, <laughs> we got a pretty busy show. Maybe we should just get into it. So before we do, though, uh, we have a quick shout out just coming up for the next episode, number 25. Kate, you want to tell people about what we're planning? Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's our quarter century mark, which is like, holy crap, I can't believe how fast that came up. Um, yeah, but okay. we're we're doing something and I think it's going to be really exciting. I think um, we're making a top 25 games of all time list but the twist on it is it's going to be a combined list so we're both going to kind of pre-prepare our top 25 which is already hard enough because like how the hell do you narrow how do you quantify yeah top 25 yeah exactly how do you quantify how do you narrow down exactly like your top 25 and like you know is it like best games that you think right now or like what about games that were really important to you in your childhood but like you wouldn't go back and play like it anyway it, we're stressed out about it but we're also excited um and then we're gonna bring our 25 each and then we're gonna make a combined list of those games uh and try to like you know there might be some overlap which will help but otherwise we're gonna be fighting for games and and arguing and, and pitching things uh and then we're gonna end up with some kind of monstrosity of of circles and squares 25 best games of all time and and it's going to be the definitive list too like this is this is the official list of uh the best games of all time you don't have to look at anywhere else there's no other websites uh it's just our podcast uh so we will be the definitive authority on a best 25 games of all time uh, next episode but this episode we still have a lot to talk about like i said um, we're going to start off by talking about the games we've been playing, uh, which includes a gigantic PS Plus blowout, like we mentioned last time. We've got Concrete Genie, Destruction All-Stars, and Control all coming up. Um, so then we'll take a quick break. We'll talk about the news, getting more into that Metallica uh, BlizzCon debacle, and talk about the Nintendo Direct that happened yesterday. Uh, because, damn, it's been like 530 days, I think, since we had an official Nintendo Direct. So even though we're a PlayStation show, I think it's worth talking about. Uh, especially since like... <laughs> 530 sounds like some like ridiculous exaggeration you'd you'd pick up but like has it actually been that long? yeah no seriously it's i think it's been like 500 and something days i think i saw that online maybe we'll we'll double check right. but it's been like From a, a proper long direct. time like they've, they've done little like they did like that mario anniversary thing they've done smaller things but yeah i guess a proper direct yeah no seriously because <laughs> they've insane. had like the mini directs and the partner directs and the indie showcases right. and all that but they haven't had like a nintendo direct like a straight up regular direct right. for i think i think it was 530 days wow um Crazy, right? Yeah. So we'll talk about that. And then to close out the show with a third segment, there was actually a game called Triangle Strategy that was announced during the Direct, uh, which we are both really interested in. So we we played the demo that came out for that, and we're going to chat about that at the end. Uh, but like I said before, let's talk about the games we've been playing, Kate. And let's start off uh, with the first of the three PS Plus games, Concrete Genie, uh, which is, damn, this, this game has a very impressive art style. Uh, I just want to shout out right off the top. That's kind of what it's known for, I guess, right? is just this this interesting art design where you can 
you you have a lot of different options of how you can paint these different pictures and it, it's almost like it, the city kind of lights up in these neon colors as you go through and I, I really enjoyed the look of it yeah and and it's funny it tells you at the start of the game because it's a whole like I mean that's the whole premise of the game right is that you're kind of you're painting the darkness out of the city and and sort of recreating it with your art and the start of the game it tells you like or I don't know if it was a start or if it was just like the synopsis of the game, but it's like, don't worry. Like you don't have to be an artist. Like any, like you, your painting is going to, is going to make you an artist. You're going to feel like one. And so when I sat down to play it, like uh, with a couple of people, we sort of joked about, we kind of made fun of that line a little bit. And mm. then I did my first painting. I was like, Oh my God, I really do feel like an artist. <laughs> the game does a good job of making you feel like you can, you can create some beautiful images, I think, because it's not like overly complex. You don't have like individual brush strokes or anything. All the, they're like stickers you're placing on the walls, basically. So you can create yeah. kind of pre and, not yes, pre-made scenes, but you know. Yeah, it does a very good job of like course correcting you. And if you, there, there's not really any way to, to mess up and make it look bad, which is really good because you just make these like wholesome, nice artworks, and especially at the end of the game where it kind of like, zooms you past a lot of your work and you get to see like what you've done it would be really shitty if it's like oh god like don't look at that section it's terrible <laughs> but it is like i'm really impressed with with how like well everything like blends together as well like you can kind of switch like now you're doing grass then now you're painting a tree then you're making the sun and it all just kind of like seamlessly fits into itself they actually came up with what it seems simple but i bet is a really like complicated system under the hood Mm -hmm. I, I think so yeah so the game itself is is kind of told through the perspective of your character i forget his name i think it's ash right ash, and he's, yeah. he's kind of this guy and he's, he's a bit of an outcast getting bullied by these other kids in town and there's this whole kind of storyline about him having to kind of go through this this worn downtown and paint over it and re revitalize it basically and there's some kind of weird spirit creatures that are taking over all that kind of thing and you're going through and it's kind of like a puzzle platformer um, I, I personally didn't find the platforming super great. Like it was, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of there to get you through the game. Mm -hmm. It's really based around the art and the design and, and you create these, these genies, which is what is called concrete genie. Um, they're like beings that you create through your art and then they then help you with the puzzle. So they, they walk along the walls kind of through the town and, and follow you around. And then you'll get to different sections where there'll be, um, you know, uh, electrical box that needs to be powered. So you have to bring a certain type of genie over to the electrical box and then draw kind of whatever art he's looking for. And then he'll power up the, the box and open this gate so you can get through to the next area. So it's just very light kind of puzzle solving in its mechanics. Um, I don't know if you found it overly challenging. Like for me, it, it seemed like the puzzles weren't really very complicated other than just making sure you had the the art that the, each genie needed to kind of complete its its action. Yeah, I, I don't think it was overly challenging. What's funny is the one place that we kind of got stuck for a couple of seconds was um, you have to light up. And when you when you light on a when you paint on a building, it like lights up these little lights on it. And you have to kind of like complete the whole area having like, it be fully painted. And so there was like a section that we had clearly missed, but we couldn't figure out where it was. And eventually we found out it does show you on the map the section you've missed, but it's like kind it's of hard to find. Yeah, like the map is sort of, it's very busy and hard to read. And so we didn't realize that there was like one tiny little section that, that wasn't lit up. So like that's where we got stuck, but it wasn't like in terms of the gameplay being difficult or not being able to figure out a puzzle. It's just like we didn't know that one little place that we hadn't gone to. So mm -hmm. that was sort of unfortunate, but everything else, like, yeah, it was pretty, pretty 
good difficulty wise I'd say like I don't think it's the kind of game that you want to be challenging because like it's more of just a nice wholesome experience versus you know like feeling like you're playing too much of a game yeah I don't think it's really possible to get stuck in that way either I mean there there is a few places I guess you could get stuck there where you're you're there's a bit of a stealth element to part of it where you're you're trying to sneak around around those other kids that are bullying you and, and kind of painting on the walls and, and dragging them over to a different part of the the city so i guess you could kind of get stuck there if you weren't so adept at the stealth but it's pretty pretty straightforward it's more just about the experience i would say but towards the end of the game and we are going to spoil it here the, the game really introduces a few mechanics like and really changes itself it's one of these games that seems to have like the final act is way different than the rest of the game because it doesn't this game does not have any any combat in it or any like a lot of mobility options throughout most of the game and then when you get to the end you all of a sudden get this this new movement option where you can skate around like on your paint kind of like a splatoon-esque type of movement option where it speeds you up so much and i just i wish i had that throughout more of the game because it was actually like way easier to get around and then there's also like combat that gets introduced um and i don't know i i, I feel like it was a really weird introduction right at the <laughs> end and and it wasn't overly in-depth it wasn't overly fun i i almost wish that there was they maybe escalated some of the puzzles at the end instead of adding more like action elements yeah it was a weird left turn that like i really didn't see coming and i don't i, I don't know like those kind of twists i think sometimes can work and it it is also, I think the problem, my problem with Concrete Genie, and overall, I'm very positive about it, but I feel like the game was like a little bit too long. And I feel like they had to introduce that um, combat or just something just to to keep you from getting sort of like tired of just the painting and, and to kind of like keep you going in terms of like mechanic and like, um, you know, like desire to keep playing the mm -hmm. Game. So, like when I first started playing it, I assumed it was going to be kind of like a journey sort of experience where it was like bite sized. You could beat it in maybe like two hours. Like you kind of just sit down and it, it's more of like an experience than a game. Um, and it kind of felt like that with the painting. But then the game is is actually like a little bit longer than that. And so that's where like more of the puzzles and then the finally the um the yeah, combat comes into it. And like I don't think they were necessarily bad i just think that like i would have maybe enjoyed it more as a package if it was that condensed experience that just sort of like had you do that wholesome like you know feel like you're watching a pixar movie for an evening instead of it being like a drawn out game mm -hmm. um but that being said i think like as a kid i would have liked it how it is currently because there's just a little bit more to do and i think like the combat would have been a little bit more exciting for a kid than yeah, for yeah. us to play so i think it's good as it exists right now but i think like just selfishly and personally it wasn't quite what i expected out of the experience that's interesting yeah I, i'm really positive on it too and i mean like we're just talking about the game and, and criticisms and, and good things all lumped in together right and i i was i'm positive on this game as well my my only thing with it is i just felt that the ending sequence was just a bit out of place and it, I don't know if they maybe had more ambition when they were first designing the game and wanted these elements like the the action type stuff to be more included throughout the game. And then they maybe they scaled it back as they were releasing or their vision kind of changed or something. But I would have liked to have seen either either give me more movement options right off the start or just maybe don't try and put them in right at the end. Like it, it was just a bit weird. Like it, it was some nice variation, but um, I, don't, I don't know. It just kind of was like, here's these mechanics, play with them for about 30 to 40 minutes, and then you're just done. Like, it, it was just kind of weird pacing at the end to me. Mm -hmm. But 
overall, like I really enjoyed it. The story was really cool. Um, it was pretty heartwarming like, in a way that I wasn't really expecting. Um, yeah. With like the, the was... way you kind of have a resolution with the characters that, that you meet at the front of the game. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it's... that portion. It's very much got that like, oh, you know, like you, you, the kid's bullying you, but he's got stuff going on at home. And like, it's kind of like a, a very like, you know, acceptance and like being kind to each other. Like, again, a, like a really good story for like a kid to to kind of go through um but what did crack me up is like at the very beginning the story the story is good but it just cracked me up at the beginning like you can find some like newspapers and they give you like a little bit of like context about what's going on with the town and like you know like we mentioned before the town's getting like covered in darkness and so the first newspaper you find is like oh no this darkness is seeping into the town like and their problem solving solution is basically like well i hope it leaves <laughs> like there's no like like this, these are like the, the the fucking newspaper people, right? Like obviously you as this one kid solve the problem, but like the actual like press and and like government, they're like, well, we really hope it leaves. And then a few minutes later, you find a second newspaper, and it's like, oh no, it didn't leave. Guess we'll leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the problem. So I was like, shit, plan A didn't work. I guess we have to leave then. And it cracked yeah. me up. As in, like it's just it was a very like watered down, like black and white, like you know, like a little kid's story. But it was it was genuinely quite quite cute just those newspapers cracked me up as in like oh shit our plan didn't work <laughs> didn't just leave <laughs> i definitely did not catch those newspapers that's funny that's <laughs> yeah. uh yeah concrete genie though all in all recommended for sure especially on ps plus like check it out if you mm -hmm. got a free free afternoon free weekend probably maybe one or two sittings you know depending but uh yeah it's it's cool um kate how about we talk about destruction all-stars another game that was free on ps plus this month uh specifically for ps5 users and this game is, it exists. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That, uh, that, that sums it up pretty nicely. <laughs> so we sat down and I've, I've played a couple sessions. I, I played with a friend of mine and then you and I sat down the other night and, and played some matches. And, and the more I played this game, the more my opinion has solidified that it's, it's not a bad game. It is, it is a game and it exists. And you know, it, like there's not, it's just, it's, it's a generic kind of party game doesn't stick out in a lot of ways doesn't it doesn't have a lot of substance i'm gonna just say it very very little like besides just picking your mode driving your car around like there's there's just not a lot to draw you in like the first thing that i've noticed about the game is that it wants to have this personality similar to like an overwatch or like one of these hero shooters with these these characters that are very recognizable and have personalities and silly dances and costumes and Despite how badly the game seems to want to have these things, it doesn't really provide you with any backstory on the characters or any reason to really care about them. Um, and and so it, I, I don't know. Like, how, what do you feel on 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 the game? Yeah, I I am very much in the in the mediocre camp. Like, it is it's pleasant when you're playing it, but there's I have no desire to ever pick it up. Like, I don't think about the only thing I think about it when I'm not playing or like have thought about it since playing is like how much I hate the menus that's the only thing that stuck <laughs> with me and that's not good but I, I think it ties into your like you know the characters are supposed to be a forefront like you're supposed to have this really like um like bright colorful edgy kind of style to it and it just doesn't convey that well like the menus in this game are so hard to read and it 
like I'm sure these are things that might get fixed, but like it's so bad to navigate. Like when you're in match choosing your champion, and it's supposed to be like the champions are matter and they all have like different abilities and stuff. And there's quite a few of them. Um, so there I'll give them that. Like lot. there's a lot of variety, but when you're choosing your champion, it doesn't show you what their abilities do. So you have to go into like a different menu to see or like have previously read them all. And when you go in, the text is so small and it pops up in this tiny little corner. Meanwhile, the rest of the screen is like your character dancing and it's so bright and colorful and it's like so difficult to read the tiny little text box in the corner. And it's just a like a UI nightmare. (laughs) It is. It seriously is. That to me is the most interesting part of the game, which is very bad news. Um, but like, it feels fine to play. Like you, the driving is actually like decently responsive. Uh, and it, it, it definitely has like somewhat of a skill ceiling. Like it's kind of hard at first to, to be accurate with crashing into other cars. Um, and there's some characters that have like neat abilities, like you can go stealth and like, maybe there's like some strategy to be built around that, but it's just not. There, there's just not really feeling there's a lot of substance. And the other problem I have with it too is it doesn't feel like you're really like collaborating with your team as you're playing. It really felt very much like you're just kind of all doing your own thing. Yeah, that's and what then, I was going to say for sure. Yeah. Because like something like this game is getting a lot of comparisons to like Rocket League because you're in cars and Rocket League is soccer and you have to work with your team. Like if I'm not in the net, like my my buddy better be in the net. Otherwise we're going to get scored on, you know? And, and this game... There's very little like, okay, there's a guy coming around the right-hand side. Like, you got to cut him off. Like, you you don't have to really coordinate with your team. You just kind of get put on a team and we're just kind of chatting as we play. And, oh, I hope our team collectively gets a better score than the other team by blowing other, each other's car up. And and it's almost just like whichever team ends up having the more skilled players are just going to win. Like, you can't, you can't out-team. I mean, may, there probably is a meta, right, for people to get into it. And different game modes do probably have a bit more teamwork. Like, there's the one mode where you have to... Uh, blow cars up and collect the gears out of them and then you have to go stand on one of the three different points so i guess there's probably some strategy in terms of like all pushing the same control point at once but that's one one game mode right the rest more so comes down to just just how well you can play as an individual and then add to your team score yeah what it really felt like to me is and like it's not unpleasant right like it's not like i'm like having a bad time when i'm playing like like we're being quite negative and i think you Mm -hmm. know I, I were being honest, which I which is important, but uh, our main takeaway is that it's just it's kind of bland. Um, but the the funny thing about it to me is it feels like a mini game in a a bigger game. Like it feels almost kind of like like a mode you'd play in Fall Guys as like one of those like team games, or like maybe like a Mario Party mini game, or it feels kind of like something like that and it would be great in one of those games where you just play a little bite size and then you're on to the next thing. But like to have the whole game and that's all it is, is like, I just, I'm not compelled to, to go play it, which is a shame because, you know, like part, party games, especially social games right now are like, they're a great thing to be able to have, but I just, I don't think I would ever pick this over a different choice if I'm going to sit down and play some games with a friend and like, I'm definitely not playing it by myself. Yeah. Speaking of playing it by yourself, though, <laughs> I did go online uh, once by myself because there's a couple game modes. There's four different modes they have out right now, and, and two of them are actually locked to only playing the game single player, which 
first of all, I don't know about that because this game is not something I would want to sit and play by myself, like you said. But um, one of the single player modes, I don't know if you had a chance to check them out at all, but um, the one that's called Gridfall is actually pretty fun. It's a uh, it's a single player mode where pieces of the floor start falling out and your goal is just to not fall through the floor. And so you're just, instead of having to kill people over and over again and kind of respawning, you're basically just trying to stay alive and knock people through the ground. And the, and once people are eliminated, they're just gone. So that was actually kind of fun to go through. But again, once you play like two or three matches, there's not a lot of like complexity in terms of, Oh, I'm going to pick this character because of this certain ability. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel like, Going back to the abilities, like we're we're kind of all over the place, but it's like the abilities, it seems like they they designed them without actually thinking about how they're gonna affect the game. It's just like, oh, that would be a cool ability. Someone can have a fire trail, you know, or like as they run around, they can leave fire behind them. Like that's that sounds cool. We'll put it in the game and whether or not it really works towards what they're like accomplishing your team's victory or not. I don't know if it was really thought out too much. Maybe that's like not a fair criticism, but I don't know, like it, they just seem like they're just generic yeah. abilities. There's nothing specific yeah. to like this game, right? Yeah, it's not impactful. And that goes back to like, I think the problem with it doesn't feel like it's cohesive with your team. Like the whole point of these like different characters with different abilities on a team game is that you make some kind of like comp or strategy with your players, right? Like in something like Overwatch, you take like, you know, like someone with like a control, like Zarya CCs and like brings everyone together and then like, you know, Reaper can go in and do, like, his AoE attack if everyone's, like, pulled into the same place. And, like, you have characters that, like, complement each other in different ways. And, like, you know, one character's your tank, one character's your healer. Like, you have to play with each other. And, like, who you pick drastically changes how your team functions. And that's, I think, like, the exciting thing about these different characters. And also, like, it's you you can kind of diversify and like see which character feels better for you because they're all very different to play but then you get into something like this and it's like it just kind of almost feels like arbitrary which character you pick because like the differences are are not very, very impactful when you get into game yeah they're very minimal so i think that's the problem they came up with a lot of characters and like some of them have nice designs um a lot of them though, have like, nice designs just like on their on the face value of like what they look like it's just tell me mm -hmm. who this person is like why should i care about them why do i want to pick them um yeah you exactly they don't convey well, a lot of like being a real person it's just sort of like a you know like a cardboard cutout character which like yeah. i guess is is fine but it's just there's no one aspect of the game that really like carries and elevates it into something a little bit more interesting so yeah one point where i do want to shout it out though in terms of the characterization is that every character does have their own music which is pretty cool like the the bass music is actually pretty catchy <laughs> I, I think it's one of the stronger points of the game it does get a bit repetitive just because there's not a lot of variety in the tracks but like the music itself is pretty good and when you hover your cursor over a character you pick your character at the start of a match um, every character has kind of their own variation of whatever the theme song is so one character he's a he's a biker and he, he's kind of got like a heavy metal theme and when you pick him the the theme of the music plays in like a heavy metal uh kind of riff or whatever like his version of the music and so i really like the individuality on that and that's the kind of thing like if they had customized each character in that way to that to that extent in like more different ways than just the music i think they would be on their way to to making it more meaningful um i don't know how much this game is really complete though that's the other thing like it was supposed mm -hmm. to be a full release a few months ago back on playstation for 80 bucks and that would have been like a really bad look i think <laughs> just like how given the content and like how this game has kind of been received but 
since it's PS Plus now and is free, like I think it can be forgiven for being a bit more bare bones now, and they they'll have the opportunity to add to it um, and build the player base up, like as it as it goes. So I could I could see it becoming something a lot more, uh, you know, fine tuned than it is right now. But it has a lot of work to get there. Yeah, I agree. I would say right now it's a shell, and you know maybe they can like no man's sky it and like turn it into something really beautiful. Um, but right now it's just sort of like you know it's the like day after valentine's day chocolates on sale there's like one box of like hershey's chocolate it's not your favorite but you're like eh you're like i'll I, eat I it eat anyway this. it's fine I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like well this isn't gonna taste bad if i eat it <laughs> wow that's that's a ringing endorsement if i've ever heard one <laughs> well Jeez. you know change change my mind i am more than happy to have my mind changed <laughs> it, it, me too and honestly like i think this will be the kind of thing where whenever there's a major update i'm not turned off by it enough not to maybe look into the update and, and check it out again because like you said like a no man's sky situation would be awesome because this game has the potential to be fun i think um yeah like it's, it's a cool there. concept and like the driving feels good which is like you know the core thing that that needs to work the most so it just needs to build up the other aspects around that and uh you know we'll, we'll mm -hmm. see what it's like mm -hmm. in a year all right well why don't we move along to our last game kate of the ps plus selection for february um i've been playing control and i know you haven't had a chance to really check it out but um i played it probably I'm, I'm estimating i'm getting close to maybe halfway through the game um i know it's not like the longest thing but i've been really excited to check this out just because of the the accolades it, it won back in 2019 and and all of its uh praise for the ray tracing and and uh kind of graphical prowess that it has and man the ray tracing is damn cool in this game i must say um i've been playing on the, the performance mode more so so it, i've been going for the the 60 frames per second kind of bump in the in that that way so i haven't done a lot with the ray tracing on um, but when, in the times when I have turned it on and kind of experimented, like, man, the light looks really cool in this game. And I, I have to say that first off. Um, and just like the way that you can tell this game has a lot of thought put into it. Like, it's the kind of thing where if I'm shooting at a, at a you know, a brick railing or something, the railing actually falls apart into different pieces. And then I can I can kind of pick those pieces up and use them as weapons with the telekinetic powers. Like, it all feeds into each other super well, all the systems. Um, so I really, really appreciate that part of the game. So. The story is actually really cool as well. I don't know how much you know about the story of Control, and I won't spoil it here just because I think a lot of people will get into the game now that it's on the PS Plus. But uh, basically, it's it's like a psycho paranormal kind of story going on in this this investigation headquarters called the Federal Bureau of Control, which is why it's called that. And your character kind of mm -hmm. comes in and she's got some supernatural abilities and she's um, kind of looking for her missing brother is kind of like the the reason she's there. And he's also supernatural, which is why... Uh, I guess they're both connected to this place, but there's, there's a lot of like dark hallways and, and, um, you know, paranormal kind of like beings floating in the sky and just very, it's very unsettling. And it's actually pretty creepy as you go through. Um, it's, it's just very intense, right? Very sci-fi. Um, that's mm -hmm. maybe one of my, one of my downfalls of this game is I, I don't find the environment overly interesting. Um, because it all takes place in this federal bureau of control, which is like a big government building. And so you're spending a lot of your time kind of running down different hallways or going through this basement or going through different uh, gray building type of environments. And so it, it does get a little bit repetitive here and there in terms of mm -hmm. the way it looks. There, There is some some variability, like there's one area which I'm in, which has a big tree growing up in the middle. And there's, um, you know, areas with different colors of light, like there's a lot of red kind of 
kind of rooms. There's some some other colors as well, but for the most part, it is very samey in its environment, which is maybe the biggest knock I have so far, just because I don't know. Given the subject matter and kind of the, some of the sci-fi elements they had, I I, I think there might have been room for some more variation in in terms of the way it looks. Um, but that being said, very fun to play. Cool mechanics feed on each other. Um, big there's a quite an extensive skill tree a lot of different abilities you can get also um the abilities are are found like by doing different side quests so i i, I feel like i've been kind of mainlining it a bit too much and i and i need to go back and maybe explore some areas of the map that are that i'm not being taken to from the story just to get some different abilities um just because i feel like i probably should have a more expanded um array of, of things i can do than i have right now so um, right. Just to add some more variety to like what I can, right? I can do. And so, some of the abilities look really cool. Like I remember watching the the trailers and stuff, and I've obviously like been trying to avoid spoilers and things. But like, it's definitely a very like, it's got some cool cinematic action to it with like being able to pick up stuff and like the physics simulations and and whatnot, uh, as well as the gunplay. Like it, it it looks like a really cool game, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Like it, I really wanted to play it, and I was so excited when it came to PS Plus because now it's it's very convenient to play, but I didn't want to like sit down and only have a couple hours to play around with it. I wanted to wait until I can really like immerse myself and like dive into it and give it the time that it looks like it's going to deserve. Um, yeah, I would recommend that for sure, especially since the the story is confusing. There's a lot of like proper nouns and and people you're kind of running into and you're talking to a lot of them over like intercoms and not actually seeing them so but before you meet them. So you're, it's, it gets a little bit confusing in terms of like remembering who's who in, in this the bureau and who's you know in charge of a certain department and all this kind of thing so it's better for sure if you can if you can do it more um condensed i would say mm -hmm. um but yeah like the systems like like you were saying they just feed into each other so well like i'll be shooting with my gun and maybe running out of ammo a little bit like my gun needs to recharge so i'll use my last bullet to like yeah break off the the stone railing like i was talking about earlier then all of a sudden there's rocks on the ground so i can now use my kind of telekinetic power to pick those up and start throwing those while my gun reloads and just like the the way that the, they layer on each mechanic and they kind of build is is really cool like i have the ability now too to to um pick up objects off the ground and kind of swirl them around me as, as a shield um so i can now use like i could hold the rocks around me for that and then shoot them off later um as weapons when i need to so just the, that kind of variety it's a lot of flexibility in how you want to tackle the different the different engagements you get into especially like your gun you can change it around too like there's different versions you can have like a standard pistol there's one that's more of like a a charged range option there's a there's a shotgun variation like but you can only carry so many at once so you're kind of balancing all these different things and, and forming a bit of your own play style um which which i like a lot uh, especially like i like to go from range a lot and and kind of you know to stay away from the enemies as much as possible <laughs> but there's also like some melee and i think you get the ability to fly later on too which i've not not gotten but man i can see how that would really change the game especially in, in a lot of the exploration like there's a lot of verticality to some of these areas also so i'm sure once i get that ability it'll be a lot more um exploration focused than it is now as well um but yeah i'm excited to go back and, and finish it off for sure like it's it's been a great experience i think that just because of all the the praise the game got and all the the accolades and everything like maybe i'm not quite as blown away as i was expecting to be but also i'm not at the end yet i haven't seen all the abilities and but i am really enjoying it and it's a great game i would recommend um i would definitely say if you're planning to get a ps5 to wait and play it on the ps5 don't play the ps4 version because i know that was i think that was on ps plus also right 
the PS4. Yeah, it, so. it was. Yeah, it was just Destruction All-Stars that was an exclusive. Yeah, right, right. So if you have the opportunity and you're, you're planning to get the PS5, hopefully, fingers crossed, within the next little bit, uh, <laughs> I would say wait and play Control on there just to get that full experience. 60 frames a second, man. Like, it is, it runs nice. So, yeah, <laughs> recommend it. But anyways, Kate, I think, think that does it for the games we've been playing. Uh, so why don't we take a quick break, get some water. We'll come right back and talk about the news uh, right after this, so don't go anywhere. back for the second part of the show where we will be covering the news from the last little bit and the first thing we got to talk about kate is the blizzcon metallica performance like we talked about at the top of the show uh man what a debacle <laughs> this turned into oh my god i can't believe that this happened the funniest part about this is so like kate if you haven't seen it first of all like the first thing you should do is just go like youtube look this up like metallica blizzcon twitch like it'll pop up but um so like they had Metallica show up for performance and they played like For Whom the Bell Tolls. It was awesome, obviously. But then because Twitch has their like copyright stuff and they're so like predatory about it, apparently if you're watching on Twitch, it like took the song out and replaced it with this like elevator music. It was just like lo-fi <laughs> so that, like, kind wouldn't... of bells. Yeah, so that it wouldn't like like play copyright music, like obviously not realizing it's the goddamn like band playing it live. Man, you got to see the video though. Just go look it up; it's all over. But there's it's so I don't usually funny. read a lot of quotes from the article, like news articles, while we're talking about the news here. But there's some that are really, really funny. Want to shout out Gabe Gerwin over at Gamespot, who writes the following title for his article. Uh, Metallica's BlizzCon performance ruined by Twitch with the subtitle "The Legendary Thrash Metal Band." had its audio replaced by delicate little bells. Like, <laughs> how cute, how cute. It's so, so wholesome. And then he goes on to say like, yeah, right in the middle of one of its songs, the audio was replaced by some easy listening bell music. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really funny scene. Like it reminds me we were talking just offline before we were recording about that clip that kind of goes around on the internet from time to time of, it's like all the goth people that are kind of dancing outside, but then people put like Christmas music or some like Thomas the Train uh, the theme Thomas song over the top. Train. Like it's just yeah. killer fun. It really is. It's so good. Yeah, because they're like, they're like rocking out and then it's like this nice little like bell jingle. I yeah. can't believe like, oh my God, I bet they're cracking up. Like I bet they like, I mean like partially it is it must be frustrating, but like, I bet you there, there's like so much humor in that too. And the funny part is like, I watched their performance. I didn't watch all of BlizzCon, um, but I, I knew a couple of people who were watching it. And when Metallica came on, they, you know, they messaged me right away. They're like, you got to turn it on. Like it's Metallica. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. And so I did and I watched it, but I watched it on Blizzard's actual website. So yeah, right. it so played perfectly fine for me. I didn't hear about this until like, you know, like the next morning, which made it so much funnier <laughs> in like the contrast of like I actually heard their performance. Yeah, yeah. Also, what's funny about this is BlizzCon just happened. And instead of talking about any of the actual Blizzard announcements, we're talking about the Metallica performance. So <laughs> maybe that says something about the, our Blizzard game interest. But what, I mean, they had some, some Overwatch 2 announcements. It's kind of cool. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to Overwatch 2. And like there was some good stuff. I know um, there's a big WoW update, which a friend of mine is excited for. And um, there's some Diablo stuff. 
like a remaster for two and, yeah, and a new, new class, class for four. People are excited about that, but I don't think we're not huge Blizzard people. What's funny is I actually play a lot of um, Heroes of the Storm, which is Blizzard, but Heroes of the Storm did not get mentioned in the slightest. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, it's like shutting down, isn't it? They're not really updating well, it too much. They they kind of are updating. Like a new character came out like maybe a month ago. Like they are still mm. supporting it, but it's like definitely kind of like, you know, in the it's like is there the, b tier the of properties for sure yeah it's their b tiers are weird like stepkids just like hanging out in the other room like maybe it's not invited to christmas dinner but like they did send a card um, Jesus. <laughs> like it's like you know they still have it and i think like you were, were talking about that in my group after we actually played some heroes of the storm last night after blizzcon and like all the characters right now are free to play um it's one of those like mobas where like you know you get you buy the characters and you only have access and there's like usually like 10 or so that are free and in a rotation but like for blizzcon right now everyone's free so like it, it has been acknowledged i guess in that way and like they're doing like an event in game which is kind of cool and we were talking about it and we're like you know we almost like think that the game is is kind of better for not being in tons of spotlight because like it's sort of just like the casual experience and they're not like trying to pump it up to be this huge esport anymore which is is kind of why we're not as into some of the other mobile offerings so we're kind of happy with with the state it's at um but it is kind of funny that yeah like you know all the other games got got a got a shout out and hot is just sort of sitting in the corner <laughs> um kate why don't we move along and talk about the nintendo direct because this is obviously the biggest news that's come out of uh kind of gaming in the last little couple of weeks honestly like this like i said before i think it's been 530 days correct me if i'm wrong um anyone that's listening but it's been mm -hmm. some outrageous amount of time since we've had a real direct so um there's been a lot of announcements as well i think um we're not going to go through the whole the whole direct where maybe let's just shout out some of the things that we really liked of course triangle strategy as well um we're going to be talking about uh for the third part of the show so we'll we'll gloss over that for now but um, I personally want to just say that I'm really happy to see uh, Splatoon 3 get announced. Um, mm -hmm. I know we didn't really see too much about the game and it's it's very much one of those things like of course we know they were, they were making Splatoon 3. Splatoon's become one of the most um, prominent Nintendo franchises honestly over the past uh, few years. So Splatoon 3 is nice. It looks like they're, they're really changing up the setting of it um, with the new kind of desert cowboy type of location. Um, Seems pretty cool. I mean, I, I can't, I'm interested to see what they're adding once they give more information on it, but just to know they're working on it, it's coming out, I guess, next year, 2022. So that that's nice to see. Um, looking forward to Splatoon 3. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, yeah, there was, a, there was actually quite a lot they went over. I think like the big standout for me is obviously Triangle. Um, mm -hmm. There was like some things that, there was a lot of like stuff getting like coming to Switch that I didn't realize wasn't on it yet. Like Fall Guys is coming to switch yeah and, and xbox like, as well yeah and, like only on apex. Up now. yeah and like apex legends is coming there's like a few games and like tales from the borderlands there's a few games like oh i didn't know that they weren't on switch yet and like yeah. fall guys is like it's got the perfect home on switch i think like as great as it was on playstation it was so nice to have it for ps plus like it it should live on the switch <laughs> that handheld nature is perfect for something like fall guys you know just laying in bed and having a match like that's way more appealing than going actually and like sitting in your on your couch and like setting everything up and it's definitely like a handheld game for sure mm -hmm. uh, yeah i want to shout out the, the famicom other... detective club as well um those two yes. ace attorney-esque games i guess I, i've never really even heard of this before to be honest but i guess they're like retro kind of detective visual novel type games, which is right up my alley, obviously. So I'm definitely yeah. excited to check those out. That was that was the other thing that, that kind of interested me. It was funny because um they had a game too that's um by the Danganronpa devs. 
Um, yes. I can't think of what it was called, but it was like World's End Club, right? Yeah, World's, World's End, Club, and yeah. I we saw that, and I was actually watching it with the person I'm playing Dang and Rampa with. So obviously, both of us kind of like sat up in our seat. We're like, oh, what Spike Chunsoft? And yeah, it just it doesn't really have that same kind of feel to it, and it also looks like it's sort of um, toned down a bit, like more for like a younger audience, and it's a little bit more like action versus the the like detective um visual novel kind of style so we were a little bit like you know like we fizzled a little bit on that game but then when the detective the two old old detective games came we're like oh that's a little bit like more filling that niche we were looking for so we 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 kind of like softened that blow for us and we got it excited about that instead so i i think like that that maybe is is um my my second most anticipated thing from the direct yeah, yeah. For for me, it was yeah Splatoon for sure. But I also think Mario Golf is something I'm really interested in too, especially since they showed, I guess, that this game has some kind of story mode with with uh, you know experience sliders and different power ups and whatnot. Obviously, going to hold some reservation until we actually see what that means because that they said that that stuff was going to be in um, Mario Tennis that came out a couple years ago on Switch also, and that game ended up having yeah sure it had a single player mode, but it was basically just a bunch of kind of shallow challenges strung together like there wasn't really a whole lot of substance um so i'm hoping that this game kind of learns from that and they add actually some more of an established like like fully fleshed out single player type thing to complement the multiplayer because if they had something like that mario golf for sure is is definitely piquing my interest but it depends on the content level yeah my takeaway from mario golf is that i wasn't interested and then they had that mode that was like speed mode everybody plays it once and it's golf mayhem <laughs> and i thought like that would be a fun couch game to play for i sure. think so too yeah the, the problem is, <laughs> that, is, like, is that worth amazing is that worth spending like full price on the game though right because it, yeah. unless it has other substance like it's just one of those things where yeah i'd love to play it but i'm not gonna get $80 worth of enjoyment out of yes. that mode, you know, like I need, I need to have enough to sit down and, and justify paying that much. Absolutely. A hundred percent. This is the kind of game that makes me like disappointed that video game rentals aren't a thing anymore because like, I would love to rent it for a weekend and then I'm done playing. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. it's not worth buying it for that weekend, but it would probably fun- be fun to like have a night of like playing ridiculous stupid speed golf and like you're about to win and you're like putting it in and then like waluigi just runs over from like over the green hill and like yeah. he's here now too and just and just dunks the ball in the hole and like that would be so fun but eh, it's not 80 dollars worth of fun for one night probably yeah, so yeah. exactly exactly um yeah other than that there wasn't a whole ton that really made a lot of waves for me and neon white had kind of a cool art style um, don't really know what that game is though, so we'll have to wait and see. But it's interestingly enough, it's from the developer of Donut County, which I just spoke about uh, on the show the other mm-hmm. the other time. So that's kind of cool tie-in. Um, I'll check it out. I, I like Donut County, but I'm not definitely not like I wouldn't say hyped for it at this point. Um, yeah, I guess the that- last thing that we have to bring up, like kind of, is, is big news. I know it's not super relevant for you, but uh, they they did mention. Um, obviously, everyone's expecting some Breath of the Wild two news because we know it's been in development and you know it's it's an anniversary for zelda this year so uh they even addressed it they they showed up and they were like um yeah you probably want some breath of wild news we can't tell you about it sorry (laughs) oopsies um but there is a like a hd port for skyward sword which i think looking back on now aside from breath of wild it was actually the newest game even though it feels quite old now um so that's getting ported it came out 
yeah, so that's getting ported. Um, I I don't know if I'll get it, but I do really like the Joy Cons for it. Like the they've come up with a new Joy Con, and like one is looks like it's it's based off of like the, the Master Sword, and the other one's the Hylian Shield. So like they actually look really cool. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I agree for sure. And the game it looks like they ported it really well. Like I know a lot of people have conflicted opinions on Skyward Sword. It's probably one of the more controversial entries in the zelda franchise i guess i don't know if i'm getting that right but that's kind of my read on it but the the remaster looks pretty good and i like the way they've adapted it so you don't have to use the motion controls um and it looks like i mean kind of weird using the right stick for the sword but i'm sure you could adapt to it and get pretty used to it quickly yeah that that interests me like i mean obviously it's gonna depend how how it feels but like that sort of that one detail kind of piqued my interest in a way that like it almost kind of reminds me of of like there's a lot of those like steam like medieval fighting games now where it's like you have to choose your stance and like it's like really specific for how you swing your sword and this is maybe a little bit more of like a simplified version but like it mm-hmm. looks like it could could feel pretty satisfying so yeah we'll, we'll see Agreed. yeah the last one i want to shout out is uh i've never heard of this game either and it's apparently an older one and it is the um uh, saga frontier remastered which is i guess it's kind of like a precursor to octopath in a way it's like eight protagonists eight captivating journeys like this to me sounds exactly like what octopath was based on and i thought that game was the first to do something like that but i guess not because saga frontier is an older game uh they're remastering it so maybe that will be something cool to check out but it depends i mean wait for reviews see what it's like right watch Mm -hmm. there's Um, a lot of those too like nintendo's on like a play our whole library but in a new way kick like Every, it almost seems like every second game is like it's this classic game brought back to life and like yeah, i guess right. that's great but it's also like you know the offerings are very much like i hope you like classic games like there's all these like ninja gaiden collection and like capcom arcade like old school games and like you know tales or a secret of mana snes game remaster yeah, like it's, it's so true. very like they're feeling very nostalgic uh, these last couple of years. So true. So so what was your feeling on the direct overall then? I know it's been like, it's been so long. It's been like, personally for me, I feel like it was actually a pretty decent show. Like We didn't even talk about the Smash Bros announcement with Pyra and Mithra joining from Xenoblade. Neither of us have played Xenoblade. So, I mean, maybe not the most mm-hmm. meaningful selection to us. And it is another anime character with another sword. So people are up in arms about that. But I think she's an anime character. She is technically a sword. Yeah, true. So, it's even more. I don't know. That that makes it better or not. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty neutral. She's, yeah, like I've never played Xenoblade. Funny enough, the yeah. only thing I know about Xenoblade, uh, and I know that it's really well received, but the only thing I've really like seen about it is like it got a lot of attention in the media for being like, uh, having some some controversy with it being like very sexualized for yeah. its female characters um and in kind of like offensive in in that way to women and which is interesting because like you know for a jrpg to be called out on that it's kind of like yeah it's like what jrpg doesn't have those elements in some way yeah I mean, you know? so it is, it's quite ex- obviously yeah but it, it's quite quite pronounced in that game so i thought it was sort of interesting that like you know, they still pick that game. They didn't shy away from it, even though it, it's been quite controversial. And and they have like censored the design of both characters a little bit. Yeah, for Smash um, though, right? For Smash, yeah. for Smash specifically, yeah. Not in the not in the base game. So, I guess like it surprised me. I didn't expect the game for that reason. But it is a really big series, and you know, a lot of people really, really think it's it's a the the best entry in it. So I guess yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, I, I was. It was not a pick I was expecting, but I'm. I'm very, I guess, neutral towards it. 
Yeah, same here. Same here. And I, I think I'm neutral towards the direct in general. Like it, I wouldn't say anything here was announced that that really, really blew me away, but it's a potential for a lot of things that are going to be a hit for me at the same time. Like, like uh, the RPGs we've talked about and I, and I'd like to check out um, Apex on the Switch. Like if it, if it runs well enough, like I'm, as you know, I'm big into Apex. So having that on a handheld or like another system would be great. Um, Splatoon, if that comes out being something that, that ends up being like more single player fleshed out or even more of just the same multiplayer, like I really enjoy that. So for for me, I really enjoyed this, this direct overall, like neutral to enjoy it, I guess I would say, but I know a lot of people have kind of like a disappointment around it, especially since it's been so long and maybe they had some, some different ideas of these crazy hype smash character announcements and like Sora and all this. So I don't know. I, I just <laughs> hope that people didn't, didn't overhype themselves too, too much and at least can find something. That was, yeah, uh, I, I think I think with it being like so long in, in between, you're kind of like doomed to fail in, in that kind of way. Right. And then also, I think like a lot of people were Breath of the Wild 2 was really what they were looking for. And yes, yeah. to not get news on that is, is a bit of a letdown. Um, they did confirm they're going to talk about it, I think, um, for the second half of the year, though. Right. They Yeah, they, they did say it's, it's coming soon. And, and obviously, you know, we've been over this before. It's better to wait and have it done right. But I, I do understand a little bit of like. You know, I mean, I mean, as an Elden Ring survivor over <laughs> yeah. here, Jesus. I understand what it's like <laughs> to wait with no news. Um, but yeah, then it was the direct. Um, it's exciting to get one and hopefully we'll get one on a little bit sooner than another 500 days. Yeah, let's um, hope so. But maybe we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and, and come back to, to go over triangle strategy project um shapes are fun <laughs> working title yeah right we'll see we will <laughs> let's do just that kate we'll be back in just a sec and talk about triangle strategy All right, everyone, welcome back to the third and final section of the show where we are going to be breaking down our thoughts more on Project Triangle Strategy, brackets working title, uh, Square Enix's new (laughs) tactical turn-based game. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. But uh, yeah, this game, uh, like we had mentioned before, was part of the Nintendo Direct from, uh, I guess, yesterday, a couple days ago, whenever the hell it was. Um, The 17th. the, the, The 17th, yeah. So they dropped a demo for this game um, right after the show it became available. We both played it. And as big Final Fantasy Tactics Advance fans, uh, (laughs) that game probably will be showing up on the next episode for our top 25. (laughs) Very likely, yes. Um, But this game looks like basically a spiritual successor to that that style of game. It's being made by Square Enix. Probably, I'm guessing a lot of the people on the team, or at least some of the people on the team, are probably people who have worked on Final Fantasy Tactics. um, Because this game is a heck of a lot of similarities and uh, seems to have really improved on that formula too. So I'm I'm personally like blown away by this demo. Um, obviously, there's it's it is a demo. They they're gonna flesh some stuff out. You know, a um, lot to be added still. And I think there's a, like a survey they mentioned that was going to take in user feedback. Which is yeah, cool. they did say at the end of of the reveal, they're like we and then when they said that the demo was coming out, they're like we want you to give feedback. Which is I always think that's a good sign, right? Totally, yeah, and and the demo itself, like it was, it was great. It's it's everything I would have wanted in in like a new version of of Final Fantasy Tactics. It's, There's some cool mechanics they've they've added in. It's like more than what I expected. I I am so blown away by this, and it's funny because I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and they're comparing it to like Fire Emblem because that's also like a, a tactics 
game in the same like kind of grid base like you you have like a bunch of units and it's it's not like yeah turn in the orders. regular like turn-based combat it's the actual like top-down tactics on a board yeah. um kind of game but what's funny to me is like i really don't get a fire emblem vibe from it the game Neither it reminds me of the game it reminds me of more is divinity uh and if you've ever listened to the show you know how highly acclaimed i think that game is and how like it, it's such a top tier experience and this game is one of the first games i've ever played that reminds me of it and it's just because there's so much depth to the combat like final fantasy tactics is like a holy grail game it was so good it's a game you know we played so much when we were younger i've gone back and played it as an adult and still thought it was phenomenal it's a great game but this game like it just sort of took that system and like ran away with it like there's so much going on like you know, like height, you do more damage if you have a height advantage, you um, do more damage if you like attack from behind an enemy. If you have multiple characters in melee, like they'll get follow up attacks because you're sort of like ganged up on them. Um, there's like an element system where it interacts, like if you use fire, it'll light, you know, it'll light grass on fire if it's there. And then if you use water, it'll put out the fire. Um, but then if something's wet, it gets electrocuted more easily. And then there's ice, which melts to the fire. And it's like, it's such an intricate like system to make like, to combo stuff. And like the environments are going to play such a part in the game play, yeah. which like is something like Final Fantasy X is great. And I think there was like, there was the elevation, there was some height involved, but like, where you were fighting didn't really affect yeah the not in the same that way much not in the same um, way as this yeah and whereas th this, this has seems like, like other things too like like there's those totems around the city for one of the one of the missions you're on and you have to interact with them and they they um light certain buildings on fire and you use them as like environmental hazards which didn't really exist too much in those older games as well um so mm -hmm. so i found that really cool um, I also found just the the class system to be so much more elevated in this game. Like even just though it's a demo, the the variety of the classes really seem to be improved in this. Like in terms of especially support classes, I found like in the other tactics game, like I, Final Fantasy Tactics obviously is way older than this, so it's not maybe the most fair. But there, a lot of the classes are just different attackers, right? There's the knight, there's the the summoner and the mage and all that. But in this game, there's like a lot of different support classes, like. A got like one of the tacticians i think he was like he, he literally just buffs in uh your defense or your attack on your characters and there's there's other characters that just help charge your your meters more like they're, they're not all just based on offense which i really liked even the magicians like the the sorcerer you get like he has a an attack but then you can also make like a wall of ice or or um to as like an obstacle instead of just dealing damage so there's a lot a lot in terms of like positional strategy and and like buffing your characters a lot more than in the other older games yeah, absolutely. And the mana system is really interesting in this game as well. So like each you have your basic ability, which I think seems like it's determined based on what weapon you have, which is cool. Like the guy who uses a lance attacks two squares in front of him because a lance is like long range, mm -hmm. whereas like a guy with a sword only hits one. Yeah. Um, but then that you have your tactics as well, I think. Right. The, with the lances. Um, it that might was, have. That it... was. Yeah, I think it might have been. Um, but then you have like your abilities based off of of your class and like they might have a certain mana cost and it seems like you get one mana back per turn so like if you have an expensive ability you have to play around that and like know the right time to use that and then also like if you're saving up mana you can't spend it on a smaller ability because then you'll never make it to the like three mana threshold or whatever it is for using a like a stronger 
ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool is I, I know it's like some of the mana reliant classes, like um, like the fire mage, for example, they have ways of, of getting more. So she'll get one per turn, but she also gets mana, an extra mana back if she kills a unit. So like playing around those kind of like conditional things seems really cool. You can kind of like chain strong attacks into strong attacks if you are fulfilling that condition, which in that case is a kill. Yeah. Uh, which is which is super cool. And then um, I think my favorite character, like there's, all the classes like feel very different, which I like. But I think my favorite one is um, the spy class. And so it's kind of like a, a sneaky rogue sort of, sort of guy. But um, usually on your turn, you get like, you can move and do an action. So it's usually like move and do one thing, like attack or heal or, you know, shoot a spell. But the thief, he can do two actions on his turn. He only gets one move still. But he can do two actions, so it's cool. So, like, if you're in a good position, you can, like, double attack with him. Or he has an ability to go invisible. Yeah. And yeah. do, like, a spell. So it's cool. Like, you can kind of, like, put him in sort of a risky spot, attack, but then also go into stealth. And, like, he was kind of a neat character. And, and I was using the tactician to, like, buff his damage because he gets to go twice a turn. So there's more value. And there's just, like, even in the demo with, like, a limited amount of, like, you know, and like, and preset characters, there were a lot of like, my brain was firing off of like, oh, and this character goes with this. And like, you can combo that. And then if I make this element, then, then like the fire can come in later. And it was just, there yeah, was I, such a surprising amount of depth to, to just the combat. It was fantastic. I totally agree with that too. I was using a similar strategy. There's the one guy he's, I think he's like a shield bearer or something, but he's, he's the tank and he can provoke enemies and get them to target him. So I was doing the same kind of thing where I would bring him. I, I actually hasted him with one of my support classes. So he, he would move up the turn order. So I, I went in and I provoked like three archers or four archers in a little group all towards him. And then I brought in my magician or like the sorcerer or whatever he was, who has no defense, but just because they're all focusing on the shield guy and, and I'd buffed his defense with the other, the other character. And it, just like this setup I had going on, which was really synergizing the characters together in terms of like, this guy's supposed to take damage. That's what he's going to do. This person's going to mm-hmm. heal and they're, they're going to work together exactly how I'm, planning this out and I, I really felt like the game has different ways you could tackle that depending which characters you bring too because you you unlock a couple characters throughout the demo and you could choose mm-hmm. not to bring like if you if you didn't want to focus on like it's oh it's not worth having this this support class like I need to bring some more power or, or I don't want the tank I, I just want to bring in another you know healer or something right just to change how you're playing and like what kind of strategy you want to use uh, I, I really like that and I, I feel like even just this demo did such a good job of showing the diversity of of the characters and like the, the the scope of different ways you can fight enemies depending like who you want to bring. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree, and I think that's like one of the main reasons. Like I like Fire Emblem. Don't get me wrong; it's a franchise I've I followed for a long time, and and I liked some of the things they did with Three Houses, and I I enjoyed the game, but I never finished it. I kind of fell off of it, and I think part of the problem I have with that game is that it just isn't as much depth in the combat like a lot of the classes are cool and I I like the unit types and you know there are these really big battles um that kind of feel more like a war than just little skirmishes here and there but I find that like the characters are quite linear in what they do like an an archer just does you know one thing and you're you're you know you're all the units just have like one very clear single strength and that's it. That's all they are. And I guess like the strategy is more of like how you, like which characters you choose to bring and how you, you position them on the battlefield. But it's like, I find that 
all the matches kind of play out in a similar kind of way yeah and And it's hard to say like this this might end up being similar to like we've only played the demo but the sense is for sure that it's not it's a little bit more involved in terms of its strategy yeah but i find like in fireman like i i get sort of tired of the battle partway through because there isn't that like extra layer of depth to it and like it doesn't necessarily need it to be a successful game but i think this just interests me more like i feel like i'm going to be a bit more engaged because instead of doing the same kind of like turn every time you're you're constantly doing different things and you know if your enemy does something like oh they've lit that piece of grass on fire because they hit me with a with like a fire base attack then it's like oh shit like do I do I try to turn that to my advantage or like do I use some rain to put it out like it just seems like there's going to be a lot more like variables that that sort of like influence your decision making and you're going to be making a lot of a lot more like decisions on a turn by turn basis as opposed to just like oh if I put my unit there do they die yes or no okay don't put them there whereas this is like well fuck like they're there but like you know maybe I have a few ways of of kind of like mitigating yeah the danger that they're in so yeah I I am 100% on board I I think this sort of system is is like exactly what I personally like um yeah, I'm, I'm right game? there with you. I'm right there with you too. And we haven't even talked about the other big aspect of this game and how it's different than the other tactic teams before and as well because of the story portion. This game is not a linear story that you're working through similar to like a previous tactics or a Fire Emblem. This is, well, I mean, some of the Fire Emblems, I guess, have diverging stories, but I digress. Um, this game, this game has like actual, um, like a voting system built into it. So there's going to be junctures in the story where you have to make a decision. So one in the demo, the decision is, hey, do we give away? I think the, this guy, his name is Roland, right? The prince. And yeah. he's one of your units. And, and your decision is, hey, like the enemy wants this guy. Do we give him away and kind of mitigate having to maybe fight or like, you know, sacrifice him for the greater good? Or do we fight and stick with him and defend our guy and, and you know, defend the town and, and give up? maybe the fact that we have to fight these people and they're going to come invade us, but we're going to de- defend our guys. Right, so yeah. It's basically each- like, you know, there's going to be a lot of casualties if we fight in this place that we're holed up in. Like a lot of innocent people will die. Is that worth, you know, keeping this, this prince safe or do we just kind of give up the prince and like, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Not but suffer the, the damage. The interesting part of this though is that you don't just make that decision. Your Your character is one of, you know, your whole your whole party is basically this this group of people that work together and they each get a, a single vote and what they want to happen in the situation. So you only have one vote out of however many, like nine or ten people. And so the way it works is as you go around and you're, you can have a conversation with different people in your party and depending um, kind of what you've investigated around town and what kind of information you've picked up, you can sometimes sway their opinion. And then when the vote happens... Um, some of them might have a more concrete opinion, like, no, no, we definitely need to defend our defend Roland, right? Or some other people might be more on the fence. And then when everyone actually goes and submits their vote, only then will you actually know like what direction your party's moving and what your objective will be and where the story's gonna go. And I really like the fact that you can kind of have an influence on it, depending like how you who you choose to persuade and and kind of who you're working with. But then also it, it does have that element of like, no, like the people you've surrounded yourself with in your playthrough have you know a certain viewpoint on this situation and no matter what you do like you're just that's that's what's going to happen because it's not all up to you and i I really think that's a cool system and and kind of taking a bit of the control out of the player's hands in a way but it it might feel even more organic um in terms of like your character's motivations yeah a hundred percent like this this part to me too is like i I was sold based just on the on the tactics gameplay but oh my god was i not expecting such 
an interesting system. Like this to me is so interesting. Like, because your your party's going to be different too, right? Depending on which characters you pick. So if you pick characters that have, like, you want to pick them for their their abilities in combat, but also like you want to drive with their personalities too, because there's going to yeah. be a lot of conflict. And what's really interesting is like this system's going to live and die based on how good the writing is, but it has so much potential. Like, it was really cool going around because I wanted to influence everyone to protect the prince. Yeah, that so was did the I. Choice okay. I, I was going to ask you what you did, but yeah, yeah. protected them too. <laughs> that's what I went for and you know there were some that were on the fence some were really strongly feeling one way or the other and when you talk to them you can influence them with a dialogue choice you get a few different things you kind of hear a bit of their concern uh, or how they're feeling and then you get a choice of like a few different things to say and some people I was successful influencing and some people you know they didn't they they didn't get swayed by what I'd said because it just, it wasn't the right choice. And I really got the feeling that like, had I have approached them in a different way, it might've been more or less successful. Like you get, um, it was really cool. Like you said, like when you, if you investigate and explore, you can get additional dialogue options because like you've learned something new that you didn't know before that now could be like an angle to bring up. Um, but I noticed I tried the like new information I'd received on two different characters. And one of them was susceptible to it and they're like oh that makes sense like it was kind of like um like a new strategy i'd come up for the battle so it was yeah. sort of telling them like oh yeah the, the battle is going to be dangerous but there's this like there's aspect to the town whatever yeah. yeah there's like new weapon there's this new like strategy we could use that um would would put the battle in our favor so it won't actually be as dangerous as we initially thought and that swayed one character because he was kind of looking at it from like a tactical kind of like like almost more of like a like a numbers kind of kind of aspect but then when i use that same uh dialogue on a different character he didn't care about it because that's not what his stance was his stance was like even sacrificing one person is too many so the idea of like mitigating it a little bit or like being more strategic he he didn't resonate with that because that wasn't what his problem was in the first place yeah i had the same uh, so exact I, experience like exactly <laughs> your situation was the same thing so i That's like that awesome. too because it's not as easy as just saying well this is the information i've unlocked this must be what i have to say to convert this person's opinion yeah but exactly really, like, like it you have to get to know your people as well and like know what might change their opinion or what what their viewpoint on different things yeah are. Like, exactly you really need like, to seem to get to know these characters and and mm -hmm. like I think exactly this neat, this like option isn't just inherently better because it was hard to unlock it was just like you know like that character is a, is a person you have to understand who they are and who you're talking to and like you know talking back to divinity it very much is like that too like there's a lot of like conversing and like you know maybe you can get around a conflict by like appealing or bribing in some way but like you got to bribe them with the right thing because that person you know like has their own personality and they mm -hmm. don't they don't care about like you maybe you can't buy some people with money but you could buy them with like well i i know that you know i've got some dirt on, on you and i can i can bribe you that way like there's a lot of like nuance to it and you really have to be like invested in paying attention and like i love so much the idea of you vote and you get outvoted by your team and now you've got to yeah, deal with yeah. this situation like it depends like i don't know how easy it will be to convince everyone and like maybe you can kind of like steer it whichever way you want but like i love so much the idea of being like that oh shit moment of like it came down to that last vote and that guy voted against me and now like i've been swung into the situation i didn't expect to be in and now like 
Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be yeah. playing this out. Like it seems so, it has so much potential to be such an organic and interesting experience versus just like, you know, classic JRPG, good guys versus bad guys kind of story. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I hope they can find a good balance between letting you have enough agency over what happens versus being able to just sway everyone's opinion whenever you want. Like, I really hope it's a good balance of you get a lot of the choices you want, but occasionally you do get outvoted. Like, I don't want it to be frustrating either way, right? Because if it's too easy, you can just influence anyone the way you want. It would be meaningless. And then if it if it's just really hard and you get outvoted all the time, I feel like that would not be enjoyable either because you wouldn't really experience like the part of the game that you want to see. So, I mean, I have faith they're going to balance it and they're, they'll get it right, but it's just something to to think about i guess um mm -hmm. i don't know the, the only part of the game i would say i was a bit let down by just to just to finish up my thoughts would be i think the voice acting was not great oh um, the voice acting was was hardcore bad, <laughs> hardcore bad. <laughs> it was very much like anime english dub like not great yeah especially the main character like the guy just has this monotone voice and i don't know about you maybe this is just some weird thing i picked up on but he he has some whenever he exclaims and gets a bit more excited he has this weird sonic type quality to his voice like I hear <laughs> sonic the hedgehog coming through and that really threw me off <laughs> i will not be able to look it in the same it seems like kind of game i i would be surprised if this game didn't come out with like would you like to play it in english or japanese yeah, and yeah. um that that's the solution because yeah there were a couple characters that were fine but there were definitely a couple characters especially the main character that was just like this is this is rough <laughs> yeah but even the ones that had good performance i feel like it kind they kind of stood out the other way because everyone else was not great and right, so like, i found the, the tactician like the old guy i think he was he was all right but he he was just such a strong presence in his voice is really that like wise old man voice and that it stood out against the other characters that were like generic anime guy number two yeah the problem with the voice acting in these games, and like, I almost like, I know a lot of people like it, so it's good to include it and you can always like choose to turn it off, but I don't like it so much because like, it always feels kind of like awkward because like you're cycling the text, like as you're, much you're pressing faster, A, right? right? Like you're not listening to, you're not just listening to it, you're reading it. And so like the flow of the conversation is always awkward because it's like, they're waiting for you to press A for the next person to speak. So it's always this kind of like weird unnatural pauses between characters from time to time and like, i was just like i don't know i i like these kind of games like i'm happy just to read the text myself and like that's fine or if they're gonna speak it like make it a kind of like a cutscene where i don't have to like influence yeah, it yeah, so that it can yeah. like flow a little bit better Agreed. but i mean that that's minor you can you know play it in japanese is probably we'll, what I'll we'll do. get over it and we will not have to worry about it because this game i guess in 2022 is probably one of our most anticipated and voice acting or not, I think it looks awesome. Can't wait. Mm hmm 100%. Agree. All right. Well, Kate, why don't we move along to the last part of the show, which is, of course, listener mail. Uh, we answer a listener mail question at the end of every show. Uh, sometimes a longer form discussion. This one's just going to be a bit quicker. Um, but if you would like to submit a question to us for next time, please email us at circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com. Um, we've gotten into the habit also of putting out a tweet um, before every episode, just kind of asking for any questions. So if you'd rather go on Twitter at CNSPod and just reply to that to our thread or give us a tweet with a question, that's great as well. Um, but today's question, Kate, if you could turn a book or movie into a video game, which would you pick and why? Uh, okay, I will go first. Um, I Mine came to me like basically immediately and I was 100% into it. But it was funny because I looked it up. I didn't think there were any games. I'd never heard of them, but there actually are a couple. Um, I think 20, 2008 was the last one that was made though. So I picked um, Avatar The Last Airbender. There's an Avatar that, video like, game? Yeah, right? I was surprised. 
Um, but it's it's that, you know, that really famous Nickelodeon, uh, I guess it's technically a cartoon. It's sort of like an anime, but it is, it is made in the States. So it's technically a cartoon. Um, but it is, it is awesome. It is, you know, I'm, I'm sure most people don't need to need to know what it is. It, it's very highly acclaimed and it's a wonderful show, but the world is really cool because you have like the different nations and they're all based off of, around like different elements and they're all based off of like different kind of like cultures and it's it's more like Asian focused, which is interesting because a lot of a lot of games specifically like we've had some other stuff like there's been like you know like Vikings are really big right now and we had the like the the shinobi stuff and like we've got, had Ghost of Tsushima and Sekiro and, and stuff like that. But like a lot of um bigger kind of like fantasy games do tend to be more of like a Western mm-hmm. fantasy mm-hmm. sort of setting. So I thought this would be a really cool world to kind of explore and like it would make a really good MMO where you could kind of like create your character and you'd be from one of these different nations um, with like a different, yeah, different like bending style. And I thought that would be really cool. And like, it'd just be a, like a really nice world to explore. And like, there's a lot of lore and a lot of like different locations that are visited in the show, or at least like talked about. Uh, and there's some like neat conflicts to get involved in. So like, I love this show. I'd love to see it come to life. Um, but what did crack me up, and I'm just going to read this, is um, I looked into it because I, you know, I, I Wikipedia'd them and, and saw like if there were any video games and I was surprised that there were. But the last one that came out is Avatar, The Last Airbender Into the Inferno. And it said it was like an MMO. So I clicked on it. It's interesting. And it like pops up like the Wii game. Mm-hmm. And when you go into gameplay section on wikipedia there isn't tons of information and it looks like you play like as the kind of main characters from the game whereas my vision is sort of like you make your own character um but it's funny in the gameplay section the first sentence says gameplay styles vary on different platforms in the nintendo ds version the characters have very large heads giving the game a cartoonish feel and that's like the intro to the (laughs) gameplay section interesting (laughs) such a weird detail for them to have put out so i i imagine it with normal size heads specifically uh good detail to include those normal size heads that's right i I think that's a that's a core part of my vision is you have a normal head and then you like create kind of like a bender based off of maybe based off of characters from the show but like you know with your own like spin on it and you could have different skill trees based on what kind of like bending you have and like you could be like more defensive if you're like an earth bender with like you know making like rock shields and stuff but there's also Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm projectiles you could shoot and it would just it could be really cool <laughs> i think a cool. lot of people would play it <laughs> i think so too people love avatar and like legend of korra and all that so yeah mm-hmm. it's a good they're show. great shows there's uh, so- it's too bad there's never been a movie but they're great shows <laughs> <laughs> well for me i went a completely different route than you and honestly like i was just thinking about um what to what to include in this so i was going a different route i went with my one of my favorite authors is agatha christie as you may or may not know, which is mm-hmm. she is uh, very big into the murder mystery kind of novels, very well known. I think she's the, the best selling murder mystery author of all time. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, she has like a ton of books. So put it that way. But I thought this would be a really cool um, anthology of maybe if they turn some of her stories into uh, some some murder mystery kind of graphic novel games. Like she does a really good job of, of kind of creating these interesting settings and putting, you know, eight to 12 characters that all have kind of a different backstory and motivations and and. I feel like going through in a in a like a Danganronpa or Phoenix Wright kind of ripoff kind of way and just going through these mysteries and maybe giving it a bit of a like a cool art style might be might be kind of cool. Um, just a nice whodunit kind of mystery, you know. These are always fun to solve if it's done well, and I think that they would lend themselves well to a video game in that way, like kind of like an Oprah Den. Maybe you're going around collecting some evidence, 
um i don't know if they would follow the books exactly but but uh you know these kind of inspired stories i guess would be what i was looking for your, cool, awesome. your idea is way more fleshed out but but i don't like <laughs> i like your idea a lot though i think like that's a genre that is is quite niche doesn't get explored a lot and i i really like the whodunits and like there are tons of like modern whodunit not, kind of right? stuff like even in movies too like knives out came out recently and like that was an awesome movie and then we kind of got on like a whodunit sort of train and it's like oh the best whodunit movies and they're like you know all like 15 years old at least yeah, so I, I would love a revival of, of that genre of it. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of thinking about the Zero Escape games too because one interesting aspect of those is that they have different endings and in the different endings, different people will end up being the killer. So I thought that maybe oh, okay. depending like what evidence you find throughout the game or, or whatever, maybe there's some choices or something, but there could be, you know, maybe potential for different characters to be the killer and that's a replay value in there. Um, right okay that's a really cool aspect and it also like kind of like encourages you if you find evidence that like you can kind of justify a bit it doesn't just totally lead you down the wrong trail yeah the agatha christie video game uh trilogy chronology (laughs) i'd buy it i'd 100 (laughs) buy that (laughs) there you go perfect well i think that's going to close us out for the show today then kate we've had a long discussion about all these stuff so this has been great um like we said at the top of the show we're really excited for the 25th episode next time with our top 25 official list of the best games of all time. So we'll be working on that. Um, I think that's it, hey? So let's close out the show, Kate. It's been a pleasure and we'll see you guys again in two weeks uh, for that bonus. Well, it's not even a bonus episode. We'll see you in two weeks for the list of the best <laughs> 25 games of all time. Uh, looking forward to it. We'll see you then. The intro and outro music for Circles and Squares was produced by friend of the show, Matthew Chan. Interlude music is from Scott Gratton of the Free Music Archive. Our channel art was created by at Unreasonable on Twitter, and our brother Alex is the designer of the Circles and Squares logo. Thank you all for listening and supporting the show.